What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill, presented by Deep Dive Sports. On this episode, you got myself and David on this one. We're going to jump right into it, guys. Quarter one recap time. I would say the playoffs were interesting. Some games were fun to watch. Some games were blowouts. Some games were competitive. But hey, you know, that is that is the wild card round. So we'll jump right into the Bills versus Steelers here. If you did not get a chance to watch that game, the Bills ended up winning 31-17. to um, They got off to a hot start. You know, Steelers kind of brought it back a little bit close to half, only being down 21-7. to um, But then they were just really never able to get back in that one. Josh Allen, three touchdown passes, looked pretty clean passing the ball, 21 for 30. He also had a rushing touchdown and 74 rushing yards. He had like a 56 rushing touchdown, 56 yard rushing touchdown, I should say, in the game. Um, other than that, you know, I don't think the Steelers played awful. Mason Rudolph had an interception in the end zone, if you guys didn't see that. Um, but other than that, he was pretty um, accurate as can be for Mason Rudolph. Um, had two touchdowns. Um, his wide receivers really kind of let him down. Had a couple drops. What George Pickens had a uh, fumble, and then Fryermuth had a fumble that almost uh, it ended up getting overturned because it barely hit the crown of his helmet while he was out of bounds. But <laughs> um, really goofy play there. But other than that, kind of how we all expected this game to go. Maybe some people thought it would be closer. That is what it is, but I think all three of us had the Steelers losing this one. Uh, David, any comments on this game? Uh, not really. I mean, it kind of just went the way we expected, like you said. Um, I think the Bills are still rolling, and I think that they need to keep rolling because it's not the regular season. They can't just recover the next week. Um, so... I still think that the Bills have a solid chance at making the Super Bowl if they're lucky um, and if they're focused. So, yeah. Yeah, Josh Allen is, you know, we, we always talk about the the inevitable turnovers. In this game, he didn't have any turnovers against the Steelers' defense, which has been causing quite a bit of turnovers this season. So that's maybe something promising. Um, maybe he's going to be able to keep the ball clean throughout the playoffs, but we'll just have to see Let's go ahead and talk about this Chiefs-Dolphins game. It's a weird one because I think we all had the... I don't know if we all had the Chiefs winning, but I feel like maybe me and Dom did. you have the Chiefs winning, David? Yeah, I did. Okay, that's why I thought maybe we all had them winning because we just didn't believe in the Dolphins. You know, as good as the Dolphins have been this year, they just haven't been able to beat anybody good. And again, they just they just laid an egg, you know, to a one touchdown, one pick. Like, they weren't really able to run the ball. You know, Tyreek Hill only had 62 receiving yards, and that was the most by any of the wide receivers um, for the Dolphins. He did have a, a receiving touchdown. and But when you look at the Chiefs, I mean, like, Isaiah Pachenko was probably the bright spot, 89 yards, one touchdown. But even Patrick Mahomes, he was 23 for 41, uh, one touchdown. Like, I don't know if that's all the inaccuracy is all him. The wide receivers still had drops. You know, Rashid Weiss had a really had a pretty good game. Um, but it just it just kind of felt like a, a gross game there. Um well for to the be most fair part. though. To be fair though, 
I think weather played a factor in it as well. Because you're... I would I would agree if they hadn't been dropping passes all year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Yes, Don't of course. get me wrong. But I think if you look, took this game to Miami, Florida, I think we'd be looking at a little bit different game. Mm I think -hmm. it would be a little bit closer game. I think that the Dolphins would have performed a little bit better because you throw them into Green Bay-style uh, Kansas City-style winter weather. They're not accustomed to that. They're used to playing in Miami heat, in Miami, Florida, heat and humidity
I think that the injuries finally did come back and haunt the Browns eventually. And I think that the interceptions that Flacco threw eventually caught caught up to him as well. And the defense could only do so much. And that's not, to, like I said before, that's not to discredit the performance by C.J. Stroud at all. Um, so, yeah, the overall really good performance by the Texans. They took advantage when they had the opportunity. They, they just took every opportunity that they got and scored. Yeah, like I said, I I didn't think it would be that the the score would be that drastic, but um, I just think those two pick sixes really opened that game up. It was it was pretty close up to that point. I think it was um, they were only down by a couple touchdowns, so it's like. You're like, okay, like there's still time to come back in this game. And um, but CJ was just dealing, and I think that's that's a big that's a big part of it. But let's move on to Green Bay and Dallas. This was just a complete butt whooping. <laughs> I think uh Dallas scored 16 points in the fourth quarter, so I think you credit that a lot to garbage time points, right? So the ending score being 48 to 32 looks a lot different. Um, but don't be mistaken, before those before the fourth quarter, uh Green Bay was up what 34 41. Yeah, 41 to trying to do math, sorry, and on the fly here. I think 41 to 15. So that's a that's a pretty big jump. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just think that at the end of the day, I don't know, man. Jordan Love, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones rushed for three touchdowns. Like this was this was a complete butt whooping. And and Dak Prescott with two interceptions. He did have three passing touchdowns. Again, they they couldn't get the run game going like some of these other teams that lost. Um Dak threw for like four hundred yards. So not that he had like an awful game, but clearly the two interceptions were a difference maker and they just could not keep up with this Packers team. I, I'm interested to hear what you think about, you know, this game, David, but also like how, what's your opinion on this Packers team and, and Jordan Love and, and the Packers ability to, I guess just continually find franchise quarterbacks. I don't know how they keep doing it. Uh, well, I got to say that the Cowboys better get used to calling Green Bay daddy. So, cause that's what <laughs> Green Bay is to Dallas now. Um, but all jokes aside. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Green Bay has had an amazing opportunity to go out, put a decent quarterback out there, and I actually saw a post somewhere. Now I think about it, they they basically draft a quarterback. That quarterback wins them a Super Bowl, lands him a potential Hall of Fame, and towards the end of his career, draft another random quarterback, and have that quarterback that is a potential Hall of Famer. Go out there, give him motivation to go and 
make himself look good, even though he's at the end of his career, trade him away and then have the quarterback that they drafted step in and take the reins from that and then do that again. So basically it's a process of learning by fire, basically, almost. Just not in the more traditional of learning by fire, of actually just throwing their rookie starter in the and having him start. Yeah, I mean, that that ability for a young quarterback to sit in the room with a Hall of Famer, you know, I guess how you feel about Brett Favre and his off-the-field antics, but, I mean, he on the field, he was one of the better quarterbacks of his time. You think about Aaron Rodgers, um, again, his off-the-field stuff, how you feel about him, but on the field, he's one of the best quarterbacks of his generation. Um, and the ability for them time in and time out to go and draft a guy who is in their, um, you know, replacement plan and him to sit there for two, three, maybe even four years and just learn, right? Just learn from that guy. I think there's something about being a pro um, and picking the brain of the guys who have come before you is just something that they've gotten right. And, you know, maybe in 15 years, we'll be talking about how Jordan Love is peeved because the Packers moved up three, five, ten spots in the in that year's draft to draft a quarterback in the first round instead of another weapon for them. But if you can get one Super Bowl out of at least one Super Bowl out of each of the quarterbacks that you draft in the first round and start, then <laughs> I think that's that's at least pretty good, right? I mean, one Super Bowl every 15 years, that's it's hard to win a Super Bowl. I think people would love for, you know, them to go for teams to go on a run like the Patriots have or like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs had where you just have all this success, but it's just not the reality of it, right? Like you talk about a guy like Peyton Manning, what Peyton Manning only has one, you know what I mean? And we regard him as one of the best to ever do it. Um, Roethlisberger only has two, right? Eli has two, but he's just, I don't know. He's, he's Tom Brady's Thanos. I don't really know how else to put it. Well, I'd say he's Tom Brady's <laughs> kryptonite more than anything. <laughs> that is fair. Yes. Because yeah, and, and at eight, least with Thanos, he was able to be beaten. And, and eight and eight, Eli Manning led Giants team is the greatest team of all time <laughs> because <laughs> it's unstoppable. But yeah, this this just this game, man, was a butt whooping. And I think uh, the Cowboys as a whole, they have a lot of thinking to do. Um, I just don't know they what they do. You know, I think they got to go back to the drawing board, kind of retool. I do think that Dak had a really good season, right? So I think that's something you can build off of. But again, they were like, they were like the Dolphins. You made this comment last week, David, right? Like they just couldn't beat anybody good, um, mm -hmm. and they only beat up on the bad teams. And yeah, because they only beat like maybe at most two teams that had a winning winning record. Yeah, something like yeah. that. It was like two or three teams. You run yeah. into, yeah, yeah, yeah. They run into an explosive offense with the Packers, and they just get boat, boat raced. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, let's go to the kind of. The, I would probably say the exciting game of the weekends. You know, like I said, we had Texans were a blowout. Uh, Packers blew out the Cowboys. Bills and Steelers weren't really going to be a fun game either way. Um, Chiefs Dolphins just kind of a gross, cold, gritty game. But this Lions. Rams game it was fun. 
It was close. It came down to the wire. Um, you had the storyline there, right? Matthew Stafford returning to Detroit. Jared Goff going against a team that traded him to go win a Super Bowl. Um, and the ability for both of these guys to go out there, play clean. Um, they both threw for over 250 yards. Matthew Stafford had a touchdown, two touchdowns. Jared Goff had one touchdown. Puka Nakua went out there and just ripped apart the defense. Um, he is showing to be probably the number one option on that team. Maybe going forward, I know that sounds crazy because they have Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup has been pretty much non-existent since he came back. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown had a really good game, but all in all, this one was the best game of the weekend. And, you know, I had the Lions winning this one. They came close. I just think that Dan Campbell has instilled just a different mindset in these guys um, and their ability to have this strong mental fortitude to win a game like this um, is amazing. And I don't know, David, what do you think about this game, man? I think that I agree with you and Dan Campbell. It's kind of why I chose him as coach of the year and not over. Well, sorry. Why I chose him as coach of the year over Stefanski. Yes. Stefanski had a lot of injuries on that offensive side of the ball and stuff like that. But to go from this Lions team that really didn't care all that much about anything and to now end up in the playoffs, win a game against, I guess, the most shocking team out of all of them, because as you said, even last week and the week before, none of us expected the Rams to ever be in the playoffs come start of the season. And so to come out and put up a really, really good performance, well, at least offensively. I can't really speak on the defensive side because it was a, what, like a one-point game, if I remember correctly? Yeah. So they need to really fix that come next week if they intend to win that one. So, but as a whole, game was really good. They put up a fight for the most part and they came out on top. Not much else to say than that. Yeah. Fun game to watch. Um, They'll definitely have their work cut out for them next week. But yeah, that's uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> um, Let's go ahead and uh, the game that ended wildcard weekend here bucks versus eagles listen i i will say it for a long time until i guess either he retires or if he completely collapses but baker mayfield every browns fan should boo the organization till they trade deshaun watson like he went out here here's the thing right I think for most of the season, you could say, hey, the team around Baker Mayfield was probably really the real reason they won a lot of those games. Not that Baker Mayfield played bad, but him having all that talent, right, definitely helped those games. And and he didn't lose them games um, for the most part. When he played bad, they lost. But when he played well, they were in a position to win. I think 
you saw the culmination of this whole season, him in that system, him with those guys, the chemistry that they have, and Baker Mayfield went out and won that game Monday night. Like, he he won that game. Three touchdowns, 307 yards. I saw a stat. It was like if the wide receivers hadn't dropped the passes that they had, um, I think he would have had another touchdown and another 150 passing yards. So we're talking about a guy who could almost have 500 passing yards, four touchdowns, and just in a game where they obliterate the Eagles, just embarrass them. They, they're they the only team to stop them with the tush-push more than once. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I called this one. Last week, I was like, this is this is going to be an Eagles loss. I didn't think it would be that bad. I didn't think they'd lose this bad. But there's a lot of things that the Eagles have to think about and figure out. And not that this Buccaneers team, I think, is going to go win a Super Bowl. But if Baker Mayfield can play like that, if that defense can play like that, then whoever they play should be, should be concerned and should be worried about um, slowing him down. But, David, what do you think about this game, man? I think that if Baker Mayfield goes and wins a Super Bowl, I think Dom and the rest of the Browns fans will be shooting themselves in the foot, basically. Because Dom, while I understand his argument, you wanted to make a trade to go out and win a Super Bowl. But I had never wanted Deshaun Watson ever. Not once. I never liked the trade. And I just, I don't know if I ever stated it. I don't remember right off the top of my head. If I say this directly, I was like, Deshaun Watson was never going to be the same player when he came back. Because we all knew that at the earliest, he was going to be out what? By the time he... uh, I think he was out like what, six, six weeks suspension or something like that? Or well, no, it was okay. 12. It was, tw- it was a 12-game he... suspension. Okay. So the initial suspension, if I remember correctly, was what, like four weeks? No, I think it was five 12 weeks? games. It was 12 games because he only, he, only he only played like five or six games the first season. So mm-hmm. it, he was I – I, I think he only had played in like six games that first season. So whatever that would have yeah. been – um, game wise, and then this season, what he played another six, six games. games, yeah. So, but he he would have been out what two years, two and a half years, because when was the last game before playing for the Browns that he played? It was in what twenty twenty. Yeah, he 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 didn't play for two seasons, and then mm-hmm. when he came when he got to the Browns. He only played the last like six games of the season, six or eight games, I think. And then this year he played like six or eight games again. I mean, I, yeah, listen, I. The point that I make, hold on real quick. The point that I'm making is this was never going to work. No matter what. The guy was two years out, two and a half years out from playing. And I said this last week. There's a lot of change in sports that can happen two, two and a half years. And to go back to Baker Mayfield real quick, I think they should have stayed with him because 
this isn't just 2020 hindsight. This was this guy played with an injury in his last season. He then went to a crappy Carolina Panthers team afterwards, did the best he could with that crappy system, then goes to L.A., does decently well till Matt Stafford comes back and is now playing for the Buccaneers and doing a, I'd consider a really good job. So I think that you, you can spin this trade, how the scenario, however you want. I, till the day I die, will, until proven differently, would have been happy with Baker Mayfield. Listen, there's there's only two things that everybody who listened to this this show needs to know. When I did that blind quarterback like ranking, I guess if you want to call that, where I put up the stats of two quarterbacks, and it was a little bit of trickery on my part. I knew what I was doing. But you know, you and Dom said clearly number one was better. And number one was Baker Mayfield, and number two was every Browns quarterback that's played since Baker Mayfield left. And I think that that has to that that has something to say to that. And the second thing is this: since 1999, when the Browns came back, Baker Mayfield has two playoff wins, and the Browns have one. And the one playoff one they have is because of Baker Mayfield. Now, do I understand looking at Deshaun Watson and being like, yes, when he played last, clearly a better talent than Baker Mayfield. But where's the loyalty, right? Where's the loyalty to a guy who played through two of the worst head coaches in probably franchise history, let alone in the NFL history, had one season where he helped lead them to a playoff win over a division rival, and then, like you said, that fourth season he played injured. Which, side note, I don't think that was necessarily his fault. That he played injured? Yeah. Oh, I mean, listen, I th- I think he... I think that was more of a 50-50 split. Yeah, I think he was like, hey, like, I can go out there if you want me to. And they were like, yeah, you give us the best opportunity to win. Um, I don't think that was the best move. I think they should have just sat him until he was healthy. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty on that one, I guess. But, no, I just, I think, listen, and you know what? He may play next week and have an ultimate collapse. We have no idea. But he's played like a top half quarterback in the league, and he's he's been healthy all year. And for the most part, for his career, he was healthy. He just played through an injury in that last season with the Browns. So you're talking about a guy who's been healthy for the past, you know, two seasons. And I think if he would have stayed there, had another year under his belt in that system, they they could easily be competing for a Super Bowl last year and, and maybe even this year. You know, definitely this year, um, with that defense. So the change of defensive coordinator turned that defense into the number one defense in in the league. And I think with Baker Mayfield, they would be competing for a Super Bowl. Easy. And on top of that, I don't think that they would have had a entire PR nightmare to deal with. Yeah, but not to make this about the Browns, Bucks, Eagles. That was a butt whooping. Baker Mayfield moves yes. on next week. Um, th- him and C.J. Stroud. Those those are the two guys I'm rooting for. I would love nothing more than a Baker Mayfield Buccaneers versus CJ Stroud Texans Super Bowl. Um, it would suck because I don't know who I would really want to win. I'd probably go with CJ because he's the Ohio State guy. But 
listen, that would be I think that would be a fun Super Bowl to watch. And I think both those oh. guys deserve it. Um well is that Super Bowl actually occurs. Let's just hope CJ's kicker can actually make field goals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kicking's hard. Sorry. Sorry. It's a tough life. Anyway, we're enough talking about recap section. Let's go ahead and move into quarter two. College football. We gotta have our own quarter for college football, guys. Listen. Um, one topic that really only matters. We talked about it last week. Nick Saban's exit from Alabama. Um, they already got a new head coach, Kalen DeBoer. If that name sounds familiar, he was just coaching the Washington Huskies in the national championship against Michigan. <laughs> so, you know, for you, David, thoughts on Kalen DeBoer being hired as the next Alabama head coach. And then, you know, we see all the time head coaches leave teams and go somewhere else or get fired or whatever it may be. But this was a team that was on the brink of winning a national championship that was building a national championship competitive program. That's coming into the big 10 next year, a team that we were like, Hey, you're going to be a top team in the big 10. Now you're without a head coach. Probably guys are going to exit. You know what, what does this exit mean for a Washington team going into the big 10 next year? But I'll turn it over to you. I think that it I think that it hurts a little because you have an entire team that was built around the divorce system, I guess you could say. And I think a lot of those guys probably will leave for Alabama to go play with DeBoer. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe who knows? Maybe they'll all stick together on the grounds that as long as the rest of the coaching staff stays, they might stay together. Who knows? I think they've but, already said that he's taken his OC with them. So, okay. Yeah. Um. Well, still, I think that if the largely large part of that coaching staff stays together, I think Washington overall will probably be fine. Um. I think that. This will be great for Alabama, uh, which I think you have misspelled in the actual Google Doc, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, probably, I, I fat figured it is fine. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I think it's great for Alabama. They might have found their next uh, Nick Saban. Who knows? He was just on a national championship, so he clearly did something right. Um, now he's just going to have the name of Alabama next to his name and he'll be able to recruit at a high level because of that, but also because of his offensive prowess and um, you know, unfortunately for everybody else Alabama looks like they'll just have more dominance <laughs> um, or maybe they'll be normal who knows, things things change right, you know, Ohio State goes from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day and I don't think we're as successful as we were in the Urban Meyer era but i don't think we're far off so maybe alabama will be in that same spot you know it's hard it's hard to ask a head coach to go out and win a championship and and nick saban did it seven times and that's just not something you always see so i think uh i think kalen DeBoer will do a good job he may not win seven national championships but i think he'll at least get one maybe two and and build off of that so i don't know let's know what you guys think at home about the move 
um, and, and how it really affects Washington. But quarter three here, go into pretty much, I, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it last week because we uh, recorded our episode, posted it, and then uh, and then it happened. <laughs> but if you didn't know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots parted ways. I don't know how you wouldn't know, but if you didn't know, that's what happened. Um, and they already found their replacement less than, I think, 72 hours later. They hired Gerard Mayo. Uh, he was on the staff. If you don't know Gerard Mayo, he used to be a player within the NFL, played for the Patriots. Um, really tough, hard-nosed, gritty guy. Like He was a really good player in the NFL. I think, what was the stat? He had like like 160-some tackles or something one year. Like The dude's a monster, so he definitely has a mind for football. Um, he's been in that system. He's been under Belichick. I think the reports were that Belichick's contract and Mayo's contract were supposed to expire after next season, and it was already written into Mayo's contract that he was supposed to be the heir apparent. Um, but it just kind of got excelled because Patriots did so bad this year. Belichick and Kraft decided to part ways, but Mayo took over like it was planned. But, uh, you know, David, what's your thoughts on, you know, Belichick moving on from the Patriots and the Patriots going with Gerard Mayo? I think that it's great for both parties because Bill Belichick's style of play is, I don't want to say dying out, but isn't necessarily the, I guess you could say, favorite style in the world. You bring in Gerard Mayo. This guy played in the league at one point in time. He played under the system. He played, he coached in the system. I think that he'd have a better chance of changing it around. Not necessarily 100%, but at least to an enough of a point that the players will have start, I guess you could say, respecting the system. And I think that both Bill Belichick and the Patriots handled it very well overall. Um, and if Bill Belichick wants to go be a GM coach anywhere, then he can go do that and do that under a different team, different, um, I guess you could say front office and still have probably have some success. Who knows? Yeah, I think the, there were reports that, you know, I think he's only 15 games away from breaking the all-time win record for head coaches. Um, and I just think he thought that, he thought, and I think the Patriots' ownership thought that he was going to get that over that two-year time span. And, you know, them only winning four games this year, they looked at it and they were like, okay, we're definitely not going to get that next year because it's just probably not something that's going to happen especially with that Patriots team that needs rebuilt. And, you know, they just looked at it and he was like, okay, I'll, I'll have to walk away, which is really sad because I do feel like if he would have hit that, then he would have just retired after next year and we wouldn't have to see him on another team in another organization. So it is very weird because I wonder what the conversation is with other teams, like with that plan for Mayo to replace him after next year. Was he going to retire if he hit that mark? And what does that conversation look like with other teams in being like, hey, I'm here just to get 15 wins and then I'm out? You know what I mean? Like, because you're not going to you're not going to hire a head coach for one season like that just doesn't make any sense. But 
you know, maybe he's promising them a couple years or whatever it may be, but I don't know. It, it seems, it seems weird, but I don't know. Maybe he'll coach for a little bit longer, but yeah, I think it was a good move. Like I said, Gerard Mayo is a football guy. He knows football and he'll, he'll put a good staff around him and they'll just have to rebuild that team. It's probably going to take a couple years, but you know, I don't know. I don't think it was all on Mac Jones. There is like a development factor that I think maybe was missed, but I think they'll have to try to move on. looks like they'll probably get a quarterback in the draft this year and, and then, then that'll be that. So, um, the only other topic I had in quarter three here, David, was after the Eagles game Monday night, you know, Jason Kelsey, there there were reports that Jason Kelsey was telling his teammates that this was it, that he was retiring. Um, you know, just interested in your thoughts on on Jason Kelsey considering retirement and and what he's meant to football and and what he's been able to do in his career. I think that he's meant a lot to football. In the sense that he's more of the behind-the-scenes guy, I guess you could say. Because outside of his podcast with his brother, I didn't really know of Jason Kelsey, to be honest. And so, but I think behind the scenes, he did a lot for the league. Um, doing the podcast with his brother, promoting the league as best as possible. I think that even when Travis and uh, Taylor Swift started dating, they did an episode explaining football to all the Swifties out there. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I think he's definitely a hall of famer at the very least. He's, he's going to get his number retired by the Philadelphia Eagles. That's just how important he was to, at the very least, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, guy, guy will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Definitely, I don't think the NFL retires numbers very often, but if the Eagles were to retire one guy's number, I, I do think that he would be it. Just the backbone of that team for 13 seasons, you know, a big reason why they won that Super Bowl years ago. I know Um, the magical run of, uh, oh, I can't think of his freaking name. I don't understand why I just blanked on it. Um, Nick Foles. Oh my gosh. Foles, yeah, Foles. Um, yeah, I know that Nick Foles went on a magical run, but you know, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey has been a staple of that team for 13 seasons. Um, and yeah, first ballot hall of famer. I do think, Hey, yeah, at least maybe he gets a statue, a foot tall statue, right? <laughs> in front of the stadium, like Dwayne Wade's going to get, yeah. but, um, you know, this is a guy that's definitely going forward. He has, the chops to be in the media. You know, I think we do this podcast a lot for fun and you know, I I think we watch the game, but there's a there's a difference between a guy who's played the game for years and you know, for him to be able to have that kind of a personality on TV and and do the podcast with his brother and I think that he has a future in that. Um he's kind of like um the NFL's Shaquille O'Neal almost. Yeah. I guess I could see that. Yeah, I mean, like a very, a very happy-go-lucky guy, like very knowledgeable about the game, like seems to be able to fit in any circle. Um, you know, I, I think, I think the only difference is Shaq is very, um, I don't, I don't know how to. Shaq is very like Morgan Freeman esque. You know what I mean? Where he has a, 
I don't know how to explain it, but he's just very mm. like, very like methodical about what he says and like mm-hmm. very uh mentorship and like not that Jason Kelsey probably couldn't be that but it just a different tone you know what I mean but yeah I do agree I think that's that's a good comparison mm-hmm. um, and I think him not being there there was I was watching something that said that Jason Kelsey was the guy that um would call out protections and call out if guys were blitzing and and um, stuff like that when normally it's the quarterback. But Jason Kelsey was the guy that had been doing that for years. So he had been taking that role on. So now they're not going to have that. You know what I mean? They're not going to have that guy that has that knowledge there and does that for them. Um, and Jalen's going to have to be that guy. So that would be very interesting to see what that does for that team and for Hurts' development. I just think that that's something that, that was a very – interesting nuanced thing so but let's know what you guys think about jason kelsey maybe retiring i know that he thought about it after last season but they kind of convinced him to come back and i just think the the collapse there at the end of the season really weighed on him so all right quarter four projection time we're pushing right through this guys texans ravens david what do you got i think that the ravens will win um, I think it'll be a shootout, definitely, because uh, I think that the Texans will put up some a good fight. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think the Ravens will win it out. But like I've said before on certain other predictions, I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans took over. But if I had to pick one team, I'm going to go Ravens. The 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 safe one would be Ravens, but I'm going to go with the Texans here. Listen, if they can do what they did against the Browns, the Ravens, they're going to win this game. Um, The Browns have the best defense in the league, and injuries were not a problem on that defensive side of the ball when they played. And I think they're far and above better than the Ravens' defense. The Ravens' defense isn't good, but I do think that they are, are a lot better. And if they're able to go out there and play clean, CJ is able to play clean, lead that team, they're going to score a bunch of points. And like you said, David, it could be a shootout or maybe that Texans defense shows up again. But at the very least, it'll be a shootout, and I think the Texans win this one close. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll with CJ. I think he's he's hot right now. That Texans team is hot, and they are playing with house money because they're not supposed to be there. Um, they were, what, three? They won three games last year. So this is a complete turnaround. Rookie quarterback, you know, they're just going out there being like, hey, every week is a blessing that we're we're in the postseason. But uh Packers 49ers. Uh 49ers. Easy. Easy. I don't know if it's easy, but I do agree. I think the 49ers win this one. I just think that they're a more complete team. Um, and I don't think that they're gonna choke the game away like the Cowboys did. I just don't think we see that. Um, uh, but I do think the Packers put up a good fight. I think this one could be a shootout, but I can see that the 49ers defense really shut down the Packers and, and they get out of there early. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Buccaneers lions. Now this one is going to be tough. Cause I've kind of view them kind of the same. I think it could go either way and I wouldn't be mad either way either. But if I had to choose, I'm going to go, I want to see Buccaneers win this one. Just for Baker Mayfield. 
Yeah. I would love to see the Buccaneers win this one, but everything's telling me to go with the Lions and Dan Dan Campbell. Um yeah. it's just tough to pick against Dan Campbell, but I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Lions. I'm gonna go with the Lions, Dan Campbell. I think this game is gonna be another fun game to watch. I think this is gonna be another game where you're like when you were watching the Rams Lions game last week, I think this will be a very similar game. It's gonna come down to the wire. Um and I think that this will probably be if the 49ers Packers game ends up being a blowout, if the Texans Ravens game ends up being a blowout, this this will be the one game of the week I feel like that'll be probably be the most fun to watch. Um but I don't know. That's a tough one. All right, last one. Chiefs Bills. This could be another one that's a fun one to watch. Could be another shootout. This will be the third time that uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen meet in the playoffs. Everybody's calling it the next uh, Manning-Brady matchup. But what do you got on this one, David? I'm going to go with Bills. I think that the Chiefs got kind of got lucky last week. I thought, or I should say this past week, um, I think that they kind of got lucky in the sense that the Dolphins really hadn't won against any good team, but also played in crappy weather. And you're going up against the Bills, which actually has a def- a pretty good team overall. And just needed a push, and they got it towards the end of the season, and it continued into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. I just think, uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is amazing, and I think he's the best quarterback in the league. But I don't think it matters when you don't have the wide receivers who can catch the balls for you or run the routes for you. You can't do everything. Um, the Chiefs' defense is good. I think they'll, you know, keep them in the game. But I think ultimately the Bills come out with a win on this one, and uh, and hopefully we see Bills Texans in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> I think that'll be a fun one. So yeah, there you go. Um, let us know what you guys think at home. I think, you know, we were pretty, we were similar on on the Bills Chiefs game, 49ers Packers game, but when it came to the other two, we went we uh, went the other sides on them. But um, either way, hopefully all these matchups are fun to watch. But you know how it goes. Sometimes we get blowouts. Sometimes you just get gritty games where you're like, ugh, can't believe I watched that. But uh, hopefully they're all fun. So. But that does it for another episode of Two Minute Drill, guys. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. Um, As always, I'm Nick. I was joined by David. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast. D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, two-minute hero listeners, until next time.